in the lives of each and every one of us where one day we are confronted with the hard task of having to deal with ourselves. You know what I mean. Our own issues, our own situations and circumstances, our own sin and wrongdoing. And most of the time, it's not until we're confronted by others, like King David was confronted by Nathan the prophet, that we would even consider that we might be the man. Unfortunately, it's not until confrontation that we would even admit that we may have wronged someone else, or even worse, transgressed against God. It is only when we are willing to come to ourselves and acknowledge our transgression before God that we can begin our healing process. I am Elder Shanina Walker, and today on Let's Wrap, Change Me, O God, The Life of David, Part 4, It's Me. Now let's wrap. On Part 3, Past Issues, Present Failures, we left off at 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter. It was there that we were able to see it was not until the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to give David a parable about two men in the city, a rich man and a poor man, which clearly symbolized and summed up what David had done. We know that it was only after being confronted that David was willing to come to himself. The parable was as such. A rich man had much flock, a herd, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had raised up. This ewe lamb was a part of the family. It became like a daughter to him. And along came the rich man. Instead of taking one of his own flock from his own herd, he took the poor man's little ewe lamb and prepared it not only for himself, but for his dinner guests. When David heard this, he had the audacity to get indignant and angry against the rich man, saying, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this is a son worthy of death. David had no idea he was talking about himself. He went on to say, he shall restore four folds because he has done this and he, David had no pity. It was not until Nathan the prophet said unto David, you are the man. David had just been served a dose of reality. Nathan the prophet went on to let David know that the thing he had done had not been hidden at all from God. Yeah, he might have fooled man as they looked at David's outer appearance, but not God. I'm sure many of us today listening, just like David, think we've gotten away. I'm sure David must have felt like he was good because nothing had happened to him immediately. And after all, he was the king. Who was going to check him? Who did he have to answer to? It was this kind of thinking that caused David all of these problems. It was this kind of prideful thinking that caused David to transgress against God. I want you to know today, if you are finding yourself in a similar situation that you cause like David, and you think you're getting away or have gotten away with all you're doing, you better know God is not asleep. He sees you right where you are. And though you may not may think you've gotten away with it, I'm here to tell you, you will not get over on God. It didn't take David long to realize that he had a problem, a serious problem. And I submit to you today, that problem was a spirit of pride. Could that be your problem as well? Let's see. Signs of a person with the spirit of pride. When a person has a spirit of pride, they refuse to listen to correction and live life by their own rules. People with pride often ignore other people's attempt to communicate with them and disregard their advice of others. When David's servants try to warn him that Bathsheba 
was another man's wife, he ignored them completely. When you have a spirit of pride, you have the tendency to feel as if you don't have to answer to anyone and you make no apologies for it. David could care less that Bathsheba was Uriah's wife and he sent for her anyway. When you have a spirit of pride, you are unwilling to submit to authority. David was no longer willing to submit to God's authority. People with pride justified their sins instead of admitting it. When David found out Uriah was killed in the battle, he didn't have one bit of remorse. In fact, he sent a messenger back to Joab. Remember the messenger Joab sent to David telling him Uriah the Hittite was killed in the battle? When David received this news, he sent a message back to Joab telling him, don't be upset. The sword devours one as well as another. To make it plain, what David was really saying is that Uriah was just another casualty of war when he knew in his heart that this was what he had planned all along to get rid of Uriah the Hittite in order to have Bathsheba as his own. We have to be so careful and make sure we're not operating in the spirit of pride. Pride is listed first in the seven things that the Lord hates. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, it says, These six things do the Lord hate. Yea, seven are abomination. Abomination meaning things which cause disgust, things which call hatred, disgrace, crime, atrocity unto him. We know that what David did was an atrocity. It was disgusting in the eyes of the Lord. It was a disgrace to all of Israel, not only to Israel, but to David and also to Bathsheba. Let's take a look at the scripture, Proverbs 6, starting at the 17th verse. The scripture says a proud look. When we look at that, that was David. David had a proud look, a lying tongue. We see David all throughout this scripture. David had a lion tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. David shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations. Again, David planned the execution of Uriah the Hittite. Feet that be swift to run to mischief. David, a false witness that speaks lies. David, and he that sows discord among the brothers. David, 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 David. It's me, oh God. David was found guilty in this scripture. So as we think about David and his association with these seven things that the Lord hate, we can see how one issue with pride that David had not dealt with when he was a young man led to his downfall, led him down this path of adultery and a chain of events to cover up the sin, cause him to commit other things that the Lord hated. This is how sin does. One thing leads to another thing, to another thing, to another thing. There was no way the Lord could let David get by. Not only had David displeased the Lord, the Lord hated the things that David had done. So God sent the prophet Nathan to David saying, you are the man. God had to give David a dose of a reality check. God will always, God will always send a prophet or his servant with the reality check for his people. Second Samuel 12 and seven says, and this is what the Lord God of Israel said unto David. So now here is the prophet Nathan getting ready to tell David what the Lord says. The Lord God of Israel said, I appointed you 
king of Israel and saved you from Saul. I gave you his kingdom and his wives, and I made you king of Israel and Judah. And if it had been not enough, I would have given you even more. As we see the Lord establishing everything that he did to set David up, letting David know that you didn't do this thing by yourself. What you have, you didn't accomplish alone. I'm the one who did this for you. Many times we get prideful. We forget it was the Lord who gave us the house. It was the Lord who blessed us with the job. It was the Lord who blessed us with the car. It was the Lord who blessed us with the family. It was the Lord who supplying all our needs according to his riches and glory. No, we get the big head. We tend to think we're doing these things on our own, but God, we see God came back here and he established very clearly to David. He said, I appointed you king of Israel and I saved you from Saul. In other words, I could have let Saul kill you at any time, but I saved you from Saul. I gave you his kingdom and his wives, not not one wife. He said, but I gave you the kingdom and all his wives. I made you king over not only Israel, but of Judah. And if it not have been enough, he said, I would have given you more. That's just like our God. Whatever we need, he is there to supply all our needs according to his riches. He told David, if it wasn't enough, all you had to do was ask. I would have gave you more. So we see Nathan the prophet begin to ask David the tough questions. Now it's time to pay the piper. He began to ask David, so why did you ignore the Lord's command? You know what the Lord commanded you to do. Why did you do what he said is wrong? You knew this was wrong with what you've done, but you did it anyway. He said, you, ki- you killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites and you took his wife to be your wife. The consequences for David's sin. When we look at the 10th verse, we see now where it was time for David to pay. David has to now deal with the consequences of his sin. How many know that there is a price to pay for sin? So as we begin to look at the 10th verse, we begin to see David's punishment. He said, now there will always be people in your family who will die by the sword because you did not respect me. You took the wife of Uriah the Hittite for yourself. This is what the Lord is saying unto David. He's saying that someone is always going to die by the sword in your family. There will always be people dying in your family by the sword because of your disrespect for me. He said in the 11th verse, this is what the Lord says. I am going to bring trouble to you from your own family while you watch. I will take your wives from you and give them to someone who is very close to you. He will have sexual relations with your wives and everyone will know it. You have sexual relationship with Bathsheba in secret, but I will do this so that all of the people of Israel can see it. Wow. God telling him the thing that you've done in secret, now I'm going to do the same thing to you and I'm going to let everybody see it. It's not going to be hidden. It's going to be exposed before all of Israel. And then he goes on in the 13th verse and says, Then David said unto Nathan, David, come to himself. I have sinned against the Lord. David realized it's me, oh God. I have sinned against you, oh Lord. Nathan answered, the Lord has taken away your sin. You will not die. 
So we see here that the sentence that David was putting on the rich man where he said, the person that has done this is worthy of death. We see that that sentence that he put up on the rich man, God did not allow him to receive that which he was given out. We have to be so careful how we want to take somebody else and put them under a, a punishment when we think it's not us. When we think it's not us, we are quick to say, oh, they, they need to die. Or we quick to say, oh, they getting what they deserve. Or that's what they get for doing that. We're so quick to want to give somebody else a penalty that we ourselves can't handle. So the Lord let David, uh, Nathan, the prophet, begin to let David know that he was not going to die. But what you did, he said, what you did caused the Lord's enemies to lose all respect for him. So now because of the sin that David had committed uh, by killing Uriah the Hittite, by sinning with Bathsheba, had now caused all the Lord's enemies to lose respect for him. And for this reason, he said, your son who was born will die. We have to be so careful because it's not about us, but it's about his name's sake that we don't allow the enemies of the Lord to lose respect for the Lord because of us. We have to be so careful what we do. We have to be so careful what we say. On the contrary, it is not about you. It is You are not in this thing alone. It is not your thing. You cannot do what you want to do. Because of the blood of Jesus, we have been bought with a price church. We do not belong to ourselves, but we belong to the Lord. And what we have to know and understand is that when we do wrong, the enemies of God are watching us. Oh yeah, they love it when we mess up so that they can bring an indictment not only against us, but most of all against our God, against the name of the Lord, so that they lose respect for God, so they can have just another excuse for not serving God. They're quick to say, is this the kind of God you serve? Is this the kind of God they serve? And I hate not to mention the accuser of the brother Satan. He's standing before God saying, look at your child. Is this the one you love so much? Look at him. Look at him now. Look, look what they're doing. Look how they acting. Sometimes there are things that we do that God will not allow to be exposed. Not that you're going to get by with it. You still have to pay. There's a price for sin. He just does not allow everyone to know what you've done. And then there are other times like David. David had went too far. David did the things that God hate. David had not yet dealt with that spirit of pride. So God could not allow David to get by with this. David had to be exposed for what he done in order for David to be able to cry out, it's me, oh God, I need change. Change me, oh God. After going through all of this, no wonder when I read Psalms, the 23rd chapter, David can say, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. David understood what that means. A lot of times we sin and we are convicted and we repent to God and God leads us back to the path of righteousness for his name's sake. But then there are other times where we just keep on doing the same thing over and over, over and over again. Like David, we go from one thing to another and one thing leads to another. Then that lie, you got to cover up that lie with another lie. This thing that David had done, David had went too far. This thing was now in David's heart. He had allowed this thing to affect his heart. His heart was no longer turned towards God. So many times we find ourselves in a situation or a circumstance where we allow what we're going through to take our heart away from God. God, I remember reading a scripture where the Lord said they'd sin, but they did not sin with their heart. 
It's only when that sin begins to get in our heart. A lot of time, God know that man, as I say, man look at the out appearance, but God look at the heart. A lot of things we say out of our mouth that we don't really mean with our heart. But then there are times where the things that we say or the things that we do, we allow those things to get down into our heart and begin to affect our heart. And when they begin to affect our heart, it turns us away from God. And this is what David had allowed this thing to do to turn him away from God. David had now done an irreconcilable damage. David could not go back and get up spilled milk. David could not go back and correct the damage that he had done. He had went too far. By allowing himself to go way beyond God's boundaries, the transgression, the limits of what God had permitted or deemed appropriate by having an affair with Bathsheba and most of all having her husband Uriah killed, David had to pay for it because David now had blood on his hands. Out of all the things he had accomplished, when we think about David, when we think about uh, everything that David has done, what's the first thing we think about? We think about David's sin with Bathsheba. We have to be so careful not to let all of our good works be overshadowed by the stain of one sin or because we refuse to deal with our strongholds from the past or things in our childhood that we haven't yet dealt with. We have to be careful. David once exposed, he confessed, he repented for his sin, but God did not kill him, but the child Bathsheba bore for him did die. It began from that day forth that the sword never left David's house. We cannot allow our future generation to be affected by our past sins. Wow. I just said a mouthful. We cannot allow our future generations to be affected by our past sin. I know many times we're so quick to talk about generation curses and the curse is broken, the curse is broken. But a lot of us have not dealt with things in our past. Or we'll look at our children and God has to remind us that was you. That stuff that you didn't deal with. That stuff that you've caused now to fall upon your child, to fall upon the next generation. Sometimes I look at my kids and then I can't say anything because when I look at them, I'm like, this, these are things that I did. So now I'm just paying for what I've done. The, the law of the harvest is true. The law of the harvest is going to go forth. We reap what we sow. It don't necessarily mean you're going to reap it. It may be reaped on your children. It may go to the next generation. So we have to be careful what we do. You plant a seed, you get a tree. And sometimes it don't always spring forth. It takes years. Think about a tree when a tree is growing. It takes years for that tree to come to full maturity. So you thought you got away because you put the seed in the ground, but the tree didn't come up. But now when you look around and you're looking at your children and you're seeing things that they're going through, now you see that tree growing up in them. Mm. Okay, so David now is having to learn the hard way. God does not reward disobedience. In fact, he is grieved by it. He exposes it. The Bible says in Proverbs, the 28th chapter and the 13th verse, he that hides sin shall not prosper. In other words, there is a penalty for sin. Now that brings us to Psalms 51 chapter, what our whole lesson is based on. And I'm going to end right here because what I want to do is I'm going to come back with one more of these. I said it was going to be a four-part series. In fact, it's going to be a five-part series because I'm not going to give it all to you in this one, one setting. I'm going to come back with part five and we're going to cover uh, Psalms 51 in part five. Let's pray. 
Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just thank you for this teaching. I thank you for this lesson, allowing us to be able to now do some self-evaluation, allowing us now, like David, to be able to look within ourselves and say, it's me, oh God, change me, oh God. God, I need you to do something in me. Touch me, oh God. I'm a mess, oh God. Come into my heart, oh God. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Help me, God, to be what you need called me to be, God, in these last and evil days. Lord, we need you like never before. God, we just thank you for everyone listening to this podcast. God, I ask that you will send your anointing right now. Begin to break up the stony heart, God. Give them a heart of flesh. Allow them to come to themselves, oh God, and see their need for you. Lord, we just love you and we praise you. We thank you for all things you're doing. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I pray that this podcast is really blessing your soul. Uh, Change me, oh God, the life of David. We do want you to come back on the conclusion of next week. It's me, oh God. We'll be covering Psalms, the 51st chapter, concluding this five-part series. We want you to continue listening to the podcast. We want you to listen. We want you to like, comment. Most of all, we want you to share. If you have not joined us on Facebook, please do so at Yasha Ministry Walker on Facebook. That's Y-A-S-H-A Ministry Walker, W-A-L-K-E-R on Facebook. As always, just know that Elder Walker and myself love you, but God loves you more. Until next week, have a blessed day.